0: out of the book of Acts, chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. This is the beginning of the early church. We're kind of a little ahead of ourselves as we wait for Pentecost, but we need to know the power of God, and the power of God that we have that lives inside of us. So, Acts chapter 3, starting at verse 1. Now in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea, Herod being... Oh, let me back up. I need Acts chapter 3. I thought that started off wrong. There we go. That is Luke 3, by the way. There we are. Just testing everybody at home to see if you're following along with your Bible. All right. Now Peter and John went to gather to the temple at the hour of prayer. The ninth hour, and a certain man laying from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise and walk. And he looked at him in the right, and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet, ankles, bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder, amazement at what had happened to him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Praise be to God. Just because you're at home doesn't mean you can't say that. We've got monitors there. Big Brother, you know how that goes. Here's the question, here's the title of the the sermon. What is the greatest gift that you can ever give? Jesus. Every gift that you will give outside of Jesus will one day break, fade, be thrown in the trash. Or go and maybe be handed down if it's something of value. But the only gift that will continue to stay with a person for all their life on earth and into heaven is the gift of Jesus. What a wonderful gift that is. Let's give a little background on this story. Peter and John, uh, they had given up everything, they've given up their jobs, they've given up their livelihood. They've given up everything to follow Jesus. Jesus has now died. He's been resurrected. And they're still, now they're the ones leading the crusade, if you will, to put Jesus' name everywhere they go. But they didn't stop their other activities. The ninth hour was 6 p.m. They were coming into the temple. They were coming into the temple to go and to pray. And coming into the temple, it would have been normal for them to put, uh, there had been an offering plate on the way in. They would have put something in that offering plate. Silver and gold was common, uh, coinage back then. And so they go along and and hear this beggar ask for something. He's there to collect money for him and his family, for him to eat. And he asks something. He has something of him. he expects, well, instead of giving all that to, to the Lord, give a little bit to me. And he goes along. Peter comes up to him. And I can relate with this story. And most of us today, especially you that have lost your job right now, can relate to this story. I have nothing to give. Don't come asking me for $20, $50, $100. It would be a hard stretch for me to get that for you. But I don't have that. But what I do have, I have the love and I have the knowledge of Jesus Christ inside of me. And I can tell you about Jesus. See, money, uh, we can give somebody money we can help them out of the situation. But if their heart's not changed, a lot of times they'll be back in the situation. And so the best gift that we can give anybody is the gift of Jesus. Share our story about Jesus with them. Share our story about them. See, in today's world, what I know right now, uh, as the governor and the president and many others are talking about opening up the economy, opening up the stores, many are for it, many are against it, many are worried. Many are worried, and they don't know. People are scared, people are paralyzed. They don't know do I go outside or do I not go outside? Do I go to the store or do I not go to the store? Is it okay to go here? Not okay to go here? Do I need a mask? Do I need gloves? People are living in fear. Many of those people, what they really need to know is that God had come for them, paid the price of their sin, and with the acceptance of Jesus, they could have eternal life. They could have this eternal life. What they need to know is Jesus, or who they need to know is Jesus. And so on this, how do they know? Think about John and Peter. What story did they have to tell? You know, they were fishermen and they and they go along, and all of a sudden, they all that they'd been through in the last three years, all they've been through in the last week or two, when they sat there, they thought all hope was gone, when their Savior had died on the cross. But how the hope was restored when Jesus rose from Imagine the story they had. Imagine Peter who denied Jesus three times. But yet Peter, but Jesus comes to Peter on the banks and talks to him. And he tells him how much he loves him. And to take that love that I have for you, Peter, and and go out and share it with other people. He restored, he rescued and restored Peter. To be honest, we all are a little bit like Peter, John, the rest of them, the doubting Thomas. We all have been hurt. We all have been bruised. We all have been in the need of rescuing at one time or another in life. And that rescue comes and somebody shares with you and me their testimony about their life with Jesus. Imagine that story. Many of you may not remember the story, the stories of other people, how they've shared and they've helped you through. You might have already accepted Christ and been baptized, but you, all of us, if you if you live long enough, all of us go through turmoils or seasons of life, if you will. And it's usually because of a good friend that's already been through, or a Christian friend, or somebody else that's already been through that season of life that can come back to us and mentor us. It'll be okay. It'll be okay because the God that was on the throne then is still on the throne today. The God that paid the price for sin then has already still paid the price for the sin that, you, that you've gone and caused this trouble over here. Whatever it is, the story is the same. The rescuer is the same. That Jesus has come. And the price that he pays for sins is for all eternity. And when we're down and out, when we're scared and when we're fearful... We have a loving god that we can turn to we have this loving god that we can turn to and he will rescue us again and again what is your story what is your story and maybe we don't need to go into the, the 20 year back of the story there's people today some are Christians. some are not that are living in fear they're scared Some of them have, they might be vulnerable people with immune system deficiencies or other, other things, and they're scared. What they need now, what the world really needs now is hope. Who holds that hope? It's you and me. How do we help tell other people about that hope? It's in our story. It's in the story that God has leaded us through. Since the beginning of this COVID-19 and all the stuff that's going on with it, how have you seen God work in your life? How has God got you through from day to day? Now, all of a sudden, because we're not immune from this either in our house, families that went to work and school every day are now living in the same small house. That house you thought was so big got small, didn't it, people? The same thing, all of a sudden, money because you had good jobs. Might be drying up. All of a sudden, all the securities and things that we built into our life may be gone. And what we need to hear today is the story of hope. We may be paralyzed, not physically paralyzed, but we may be mentally or emotionally paralyzed. And what we need to hear today, the one who freed this man to let him walk again will free you and me and let us walk again. We can leave our houses in confidence and knowing that the Holy Spirit goes with us. We can leave our houses and know, go places and know that the power of God resides in me. But today, somebody needs to hear your story. Somebody needs to hear your story. And so today, what I'm going to ask us this next week is that you call, text, email, with all that we go along, share how God has got you through to this point. How, how's he got you through in the last three or four weeks? How's he done it? Uh, just for a couple of cliches from our bishop, uh, Bishop Brian, is you know we're better together. And we're alive together for Jesus Christ. We may not be able to be physically together. But I know one thing, I'm assured of one thing, and I know it because I've seen it. We are still connected together through the power of the Holy Spirit. When I pray for somebody, I pray for them whether they're in the Philippines or somewhere else. I know my prayer reaches to that person because the Holy Spirit knows no boundaries. God knows no boundaries. There's no plague, no no pandemic or nothing else that God cannot overcome and can heal. And so with this, this week, as we get ready to sing our last song, this week, tell your story. Because many times if we're living in fear and we can retell our story to somebody else, it reminds us of the hope that we have. It reminds us that God is still in our life. So as we go along and we shift the cameras to the other side, as we go along and we shift the cameras back over to the the choir, tell your story. As they sing their song, what is your story to be told? We worship. And our lesson today is going to come out of the book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. Chapter 1, the book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. I know you're at home flipping to the Bible pages real quick, uh, so let me uh, bring up a point real quick. Uh, Aaron Kite, the Clyteville United Methodist Church pastor, we kind of worked on this sermon together, and I told him I was going to give him a plug. So after this, he's on at 11. Watch it, see how Two pastors interpret the scriptures different, uh, but we got the basics of it down. So with that in mind, uh, let us go to the word of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the father, which he said, you have heard from me for John truly baptized with water But you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked Jesus, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be a witness to me in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is the word of God for the people of God. To you, God. Let's give a little background information here. Uh, obviously, we, last week was Easter Jesus has died, he's risen, he's been, he's been to the Father, and he's been back, and he has appeared to the disciples and a few others many times. Uh, Jesus is getting ready to ascend to the Father in heaven, will sit at his right hand until the day in which he comes to grab his bride, which is you and me, home. He's given them final instructions. He's waiting on Pentecost. The, the, he tells the disciples to, to wait until Pentecost. And we're on that mode now in the church. We're in that church season now. We're waiting for Pentecost. And it's the birth of the church. And you'll hear more about that later uh, from me. But it's the fulfillment of the prophecy of Joel chapter 2. And so we today, as Aaron and I kind of talked about, we today feel much like these early disciples. We've been kicked out of the church, if you will. Not so much forced out, but we were not able to meet in our churches. We're told to stay at home and to wait. And I honestly feel in in the times that I've been in God in prayer, God is saying, Psalms 4610, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God if we will be faithful to God in this time of separation, in this time of of prayer and fasting, if we will, will turn to him, we will come back together a stronger congregation, a stronger church. But we can't just let our time be used idly and just on anything. We need to spend our time in fasting and prayer. What should we be doing while we wait? I just mentioned it. We should be in fasting and prayer. Some will ask, well, what do we pray for, preacher? If you haven't watched the news, and I'm going to tell you up front, I watch very little of the news. Because that has got to be the most depressing thing there is on TV right now. And, and so with that, I get to catch up on what's going on. I, I, I read some stuff online. I kind of keep abreast of what's going on in our country. Uh, But it just seems like there's so much hatred and division in our country. So number one, we're going to pray for our country. Number two, we're going to pray for our communities. Not only our communities here, but our communities around the world. Number three, we're going to pray for our churches. Our churches are in a battle. All of us are in a battle. We are in an Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 12 moment where Paul tells the Ephesians to put on the whole armor of God. Because we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but we are fighting against the principalities, against the powers, against the rulers of darkness. Many people are asking the question, the same question these disciples ask in verse 6. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him saying, Lord... Wouldn't we restore the the kingdom of Israel? Many people are asking, I get it quite a bit because I like studying and reading on the end time stuff. And they're asking this question, is this the end? Is this the beginning of the end? I'm going to give you the same answer Jesus gave. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter the season or the time that we're in. What matters is that you are doing the work of God every day... Twenty-four-seven, And the work and the will of God is to be out there to be a witness to him. And, and first, he says to the disciples in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all the earth, what he's saying is start first in your local area. Start with your friends and your family. Are they saved? Talk with your neighbors and your communities. Do they know Jesus? And then when you go to Walmart or, or any other crazy place with all these crazy people with masks and everything on, do they know Jesus? We're to be a witness on what we do every day. When people are looking at us, do they see the power of the Holy Spirit living in us? Do they see God in us? And and they should. They should see us. The church, even though we're not together. The devil's trying to keep us apart, but when we're coming together with social media, texting, and all the other neat things the technology has brought us, do they see God? When they see us together, are we we working together? Have we put down our divisions? Have we raised Christ up? And all that we're doing, is it all about focusing on God or ourselves? The world is watching. And if the time is the end, if the time is the end, how many people will come to Christ because of you? Let us go back to our scripture here real quick. There's something different about us than those disciples. They had the Holy Spirit when God gave it to them. We see where Jesus one time breathed upon them and they had the Holy Spirit. But we're living in the days of Joel, the prophecy of Joel. We have been already lived through Pentecost. The church has already lived through Pentecost. We'll celebrate it again, but we have lived through Pentecost. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. We have this power. The same power that rose Jesus from the dead lives in you and me. If you have confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And been baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been poured upon you to do the will of God, the work of God, for the rest of the days of your life for God. And I promise you when the days are over, whether he calls the the, the bride home or we pass away... The reward will be great. The suffering and the things of this world are so minimal to the reward that we're about to receive when we join Christ in heaven. So, back to what are we to pray for? Number one, if you have not kept up with the news, our nation is in trouble. Our nation's at a critical tipping point. And so many believe, and many of us believe, that this is the beginning of the judgment of God upon our our nation for abortion, for for homosexuality, and many other things. But if we are in the judgment of God, can we reverse it? And I believe we can. We got 1 Chronicles, or 2 Chronicles 7, 14. I'm going to read out Joel in just a minute. Pray for our nation. Whether you like the leaders of our nation or not, the Bible commands us to pray for them. So be praying for all of our leaders of our nation. Pray that our land will be healed. Number two, pray for our communities and our leaders of our communities, the people we look for, for guidance, and that are getting the bigger picture from somebody else and coming down. So many communities, the rights of people are being violated every day. Pray that we have strong leaders in our community that don't violate our rights. That our leaders, our police, our first responders are there, and they stand up for our rights. Pray for those who still have to work, that are are essential workers, whether it seems to be the lady at McDonald's or or the person at Walmart or somewhere else that's providing food and a service to us, our our first responders, our EMT guys and police and fire, those who still have to go to work. Lift them up in prayer. Whether you know them or not, just lift them up in prayer. Third, pray for our churches. Not only Lake Park, United Methodist Churches, but all the church. This distancing, lack of communication, lack of of not knowing... The lack of of all this stuff that's going on around us in our churches is bringing people. When people don't know what's going on, when people are in chaos or confusion, they start attacking each other. So pray for our churches that the devil will not win in the battle of this church or any church. That the devil will never have his day because we are the believers with the Holy Spirit and we have the power over Satan and his demons. We have that power When we say flee, he has to flee because he too has to obey the word of God. And we need to focus not on each other, but we need to focus on the cross and the power of the cross brought to us. The power of our sins being forgiven and those powers and to help others realize that Christ died for their sins too. If we would focus on the cross and the work of Jesus, our churches will become better and stronger and more community minded. This is a day of coming together in one accord. This is the day to me to stop being Methodist, to stop being Baptist or Church of God or Church of Christ. It's the day that Christ stands as the body and as the body of Christ we come together to save souls that are lost and destined for hell but first we need to look inward is there sin in your life in my life we need to ask God to remove any sin from our life I see too much today still among the Christian community I see hatred. I see bitterness. I see unforgiveness. I see lust. I see anger. And that list can go on and on and on. Those things will hinder our prayers. Those things are like blocks that stop our prayers from going to God. And so the first prayer you ask when you start off, before you start praying for the nation, the communities, and the churches, first ask God. God. If there's anything in me that's hindering my prayers, anything in me that's hindering my relationship with you, please remove it. And help me sustain through the power of the Holy Spirit. Help me to overcome habitual sin. We come together. We come together. And I believe we're in much of the time as it was in the time of Joel. Joel was a prophet. He comes to them before they get exiled to Babylon. He comes to give a warning to the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, to Jerusalem and Judea. He comes. And I'm going to read from this book of Joel. Chapter 2, I mean, chapter two, verses 1 and 2, if you want to flip there real quick. And then verses 12 through verse 17. And I'm going to read out the New Living Translation. And it starts off, my title starts off, The Day of the Lord. Blow the trumpet in Zion, and sound an alarm in your holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming, for it is at hand. A day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness, like the morning clouds spread over the mountains. A people come, great and strong, the like of whom has never been, nor will there ever be any such after them even for, for many successive generations. Call to repentance, verse 12. Now therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. So rend your heart and not your, your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and great in kindness. And he relents from doing harm. For he knows he will turn and relent. He knows if he will turn and relent. And leave a a blessing behind him. A grain and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Verse 15. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Consecrate a fast. Call a sacred assembly. Gather the people. Sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and the nursing babes. Let the bridegroom go out from his chamber and the bride from her dressing room. Let the priests who minister to the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. And let them say, spare your people, O Lord, and do not give your heritage to the reproach. That the nations shall rule over them. Why should they say among the people... Where is their God? From today until May 1st, until we can meet again, I believe we're going to be able to come back together that first Sunday in May. What I'm going to ask the folks at Lake Park, uh, United Methodist Church, and others, if you would get on your knees sometime every day and pray. You would get on your knees and you would pray, number one, to any sin in you that is removed Number two, pray for our nation. Pray for our communities. Pray for our churches. Ask God to heal our nation, our communities, and our churches. And I promise you, if we will come together in the spirit of God and pray together, when our time comes, pray together. When we are able to join back together, we will be a congregation that is stronger than when this started. So let us use our time. Why? Let us redeem our day. As I read earlier in Psalms forty six, ten. Find a time every day, not just five minutes. I'm gonna ask like fifteen minutes or a half hour, to be still and know that God is God. Amen. Let's praise the Lord. As we close, wherever you're at, I'm going to ask you to stand as we praise to God and we end in prayer. If you've liked the sermon and you're online, especially if we don't know you, go to our webpage, lakeparkmethodist.org. And there's a contact. Give us a note or email us lakeparkumc.gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the service. Uh, In Timothy, it tells us for all the men and women to raise their holy hands. Let us raise our hands to God to give Him praise. Let us raise our hands to God to let the Holy Spirit flow upon us. That we will be instruments of peace. That we will be instruments of joy. We will be instruments of kindness and love to all that we meet. And that Lord, when they see us, they will see Moses that had walked and just come from the Lord. And they will shine, our faces will shine with the joy we have in the Lord. And Lord, we ask you to protect us and watch over our homes and our family. Watch over our children, Lord, until we can come together again, Lord. And when we come together again, let us rejoice as one and sing the praises to you. But as we're at home now, Lord, with great excitement, I want to be able to hear it echo through all of our communities. We come in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit with great excitement. The congregation comes in agreement and says, Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you, everybody. you are Uh, well, we're not yeah, going to wait for that. Cut. Okay. that okay, that's fine. I want, I want to be the one. Hey, I'm going to ask you to do something. Many things. Uh, Chuck says you need to be out of the hot nook. Yeah, I've heard. We're to no. get <laughs> <laughs> some people together. I've just been leaning on this but I do this often. It's just coming and bring people together. Right? Throughout the day.
1: Can't well, have a lot of students.
0: Many demons. <laughs> uh, we talk about some of but you know, I'm like a demon inside so Let us pray. And what I started, is we all get together in oil, I started to hold it. This is the thing. And we split out. I was all the way outside. And we just pray the Find a few people and get together. Three every
2: day after four.
0: And And uh, we just come together, and uh, I don't know who else you want to be.
2: And I'm afraid I'm free.
0: Okay. It's like five times. My baby, Surely it's got to be batteries. I don't know. I, I mean, it's okay. driving right underneath yeah, uh, it. Sarah wants to
2: be. You take a. Well, Sarah, she wants to go. No,
0: well, right. to go here. We have so your body. contracted Four times. If you see a mistake, Phillip, if you see a taking in there, you can up, you can change it. Yeah, so, do. yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I'm trying
1: to get, trying to get respect as far
2: For your service? Yeah. trying to change okay. stats. Maybe we're on the But this is the type of we respecting
1: on the it's It's about, like...
0: That's kind of the of on the
2: first time I was to the Also, well, men of I mean, was they do. really great none of did or
0: did or did. But Memories So irritated that God would forget them because they didn't deserve it. And he judged it. When God did it, and that's the next.